You know, when I was growing up in politics in the 2000s, scale was just a dirty word. Now, because there's so much to do, there's so much data, there's so much information, I do think that's changing a little bit in the political industry, but it's changed a lot when it comes to corporate offerings. I'm Eric Wilson, managing partner of Startup Caucus, an investment fund and incubator for Republican campaign technology. Welcome to the Business of Politics show. On this podcast, we bring you into conversation with the entrepreneurs who build best-in-class political businesses, the funders who provide the capital, and the operatives who put it all together to win campaigns. We're joined today by my friend Joe Pounder, the founder and CEO of Bullpen Strategy Group, which is an insights-focused public affairs firm. Before he started Bullpen, Joe founded America Rising, the right's leading opposition research firm, and he's worked on a number of campaigns. Joe is also an investor in Startup Caucus. And in this conversation, we dig into the interplay between political campaigns and public affairs and how entrepreneurs can address these two separate yet similar market segments. Joe, you obviously worked in politics for a very long time. Of course, we worked together on the Marco Rubio for President campaign back in 2016. You worked with my wife on the McCain campaign back in 2008. What prompted you to start a firm for corporate and issue advocacy clients? You know, as I think about why we started Bullpen Strategy Group back in 2019, one of the core reasons why was because as we were doing campaigns and whatnot over the last decade or so, we've really seen the notion, and I've, I focus on this a lot, the notion of political risk. Uh, that's what my career in politics was a focus, focused on, the notion of risk and how that has changed over the last 10 to 15 years. And we've seen that really dramatically change in the corporate space. You know, it used to be when corporations thought about managing political risk, it was what regulatory aspect could come out of D.C. or state capital. Traditionally, you could meet that through lobbying uh, or very mainstream communications play out of corporate headquarters. But increasingly, political risk has exploded into other streams. You know, it could be an activist on Twitter uh, it could be 40 Facebook groups showing up overnight, pushing an agenda in a state. It could be stories popping up in platforms and publications you've never heard of before. So political risk really changed, and that required a new set of tactics uh, within the corporate and public affairs world. And that's really why we started Bullpen, you know, to take some of those tactics that we were used to from the campaign trail and start applying them to corporate challenges. You know, how do you combat a piece of misinformation that might be on social media? How do you really get your message out get more content produced faster and more timely than maybe just focused on the quarterly earnings call. So that's what really led us to start Bullpen and think about this notion of political risk. You know, there's a really fascinating book by Condoleezza Rice based upon the lectures that she's done at Stanford in the past on the notion of political risk. And she's really identified this trend over the last 10 to 15 years where a documentary like that on SeaWorld a few years ago could really change a core business function for a corporation. I think most corporations are now seeing those threats proliferate and are asking questions about how they confront them. And now that takes building different types of communications, advisory, strategic systems that can produce content in a more timely fashion. It sounds like a lot of the changes that we're seeing in the political space that our, our listeners might be more familiar with are having similar effects in corporate and issue advocacy. 
Joe, with Startup Caucus, obviously it's our goal to build up really good political businesses and then adapt them for commercial use cases where the market can often be more lucrative and larger. What is it about professionals and products with political backgrounds that attract corporate clients? I think what attracts corporate clients is the fact that, you know, as a political operative or, you know, doing communications, doing grassroots, uh, even doing polling, you know, it's the idea that you're in, the, you're in it. You're living the change that is happening uh, when it comes to the nature of content, when it comes to the nature of surveying voters uh, and people in the field, when understanding how all these things like a Twitter interplay uh, works with a broader uh, communications play to a mainstream publication works to, uh, you know, talking to multiple stakeholders uh, at the exact same time. I think it's this ideal of you're in it. You're not a former. Uh, you're not a former uh, assistant secretary of something that you've actually been on the front lines of how communications is changing. And that's what people in politics are seeing every day. You know, I really I go back to, you know, my specialty being research. And I tell this to a lot of people, you know, when I did uh, Marco Rubio's campaign uh, in 2010, you know, really one of the chief interplays between research was with the communications team, you know, because we were thinking about, you know, how do we shape the narrative vis-a-vis the Miami Herald, vis-a-vis, you know, maybe a New York Times reporter who was down to do a profile. And then you fast forward to 2016 and the biggest interplay between research was actually with the digital team, was with you, Eric, uh, as we were really confronted with, for the first time, these activists in Iowa on Twitter are seeing this clip of Marco. Do we have to set the record straight? Is it in context? Uh, And so forth. And the need to move fast. I think that's one of the most important things that's underappreciated, both in, in politics and actually in corporate public affairs, is in this new content system that we're in, timeliness is the most important factor. And the infrastructure that you build up at a campaign is not much different than the infrastructure you should be building up for a corporate public affairs aspect. And that is the ability to move fast, to echo a message, you know, based upon a piece of content that drops and echo that in real time or correct the record in real time. And that timeliness is really a defining feature between winning political campaigns and winning public affairs campaigns uh, or winning an RFP battle or winning a permitting battle. So I think it's that ability, the fact that as a political operative, you know, you've grown up in a system that recognizes the power of content, multifaceted content, content that can speak across multiple channels at the exact same time. Uh, and you've also realized that you've grown up in a system where timeliness uh, is a key to winning that campaign, uh, you know, whether it's political or public affairs. Yeah, that's a really good point, Joe. And I just want to underline it for our listeners, which is the primary advantage that you get from coming out of a political background is you understand very clearly what the objective is, first of all, but two, that you are on a clock. Election day is going to come whether you're ready for it or not. And the crises that corporations and other organizations are facing today are happening in real time. And so the companies that work in politics understand their customers and understand that need for speed. And I think it gives them a really clear advantage over maybe more cumbersome enterprise software where you have to go through discovery process. You know, the way things are operating today, you just need it to work and it needs to work quickly. You know, I think one of the challenges for a political operative is that in the corporate world, there is no election day sometimes. 
there is no turn the sand dial and it's running out aspect to it, that some of these uh, challenges, public affairs campaigns can last weeks, months, if not years. And the objective and the win could be multifaceted across multiple stakeholders at one time. And it's not going to come down to a vote on election day. So it's taking that political mindset that you've grown up with as a campaign operative and so forth using that mindset, but then adjusting a little bit to the fact that there isn't always a deadline, but you still need to be timely. You still need to be in the moment. And it's still an every day is a win mentality. And so beyond just the timing, let's flip the coin and look at the other side. What are some sources of friction maybe, or certainly differences where politics and commercial opportunities meet? I think a little bit about it is, um, and this is what I always uh, talk to uh, new employees at Bullpen about who are coming out of politics. Uh, You know, one of them is the fact that um, you do have to adjust your mindset a little bit, um, you know, because you have a lot of clients uh, and the clients uh, being corporate in nature or trade association in nature and so forth, like they may, they have a lot of stuff going on too. Uh, you are maybe just one consultant, part of an entire team, uh, and so forth. So, like, they have a lot of different objectives, even internal to their organization, that they're trying to meet uh, each and every day. So, whereas on a campaign, you're part of a team, you're in that team, you are the campaign, you are essentially the client. Now, you put yourself in a position where Uh, There is a client, you're outside of that client, you're integrated as much as you can, you're part of the team trying to accomplish an objective at the end of the day, but it does does take changing a a mindset. You know, when I was the research director uh, for the Republican National Committee, I think one of the things that really helped me in 2012 was thinking about uh, the Romney for President campaign as a client Uh, and, you know, making sure that we were meeting the needs of the client uh, each and every day, uh, and so forth, and meeting our objectives. And then, if you know the the communications team at the RNC, they were a client uh, of the research department, and were we delivering our product on time? And that really helped me adjust my mindset to a role that a consultant might play. Uh, but that is one of the biggest, I think, challenges and one of the biggest adjustments that one has to make as they move out of campaign world. Is you know sometimes. You know, the clients are very heavily involved uh, on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes there's some quietness, but that's all part of the normal uh, operating procedure um, to meeting those objectives each and every day. As long as you're delivering, it's fine. But it's always, you have to put yourself in their shoes and remember that they too have multiple teams uh, going and multiple objectives. So there, there is a mind shift adjustment that does take a little bit uh, to accomplish. You're listening to the Business of Politics show. I'm speaking with Joe Pounder of Bullpen Strategy Group about the business side of public affairs and issue advocacy. Joe, what do political entrepreneurs need to know about moving beyond campaigns and reaching out to K Street and public affairs? Like, how is it tactically different than serving campaigns? Well, I think a little bit is uh, there's a couple of different uh, aspects. Uh, One is uh, network is uh, as important when you start moving into uh, appealing to a different set of uh, clients, um, but it's not the determining factor. You know, you know, you can have a network that helps you do client development, 
reach out to potential new clients and so forth. But at the end of the day, you really have to have a defined offering uh, and how that offering uh, stands out from other firms uh, and so forth. When you go to talk to a potential client, uh, you know, there's books written about this ultimately at the end of the day about, you know, how to do a pitch uh, and how to talk to a prospective uh, new client, everything from maybe teaching them something about themselves uh, that they didn't know to also um, really helping yourself stand out. Because that's ultimately the challenge when you go do uh, into a pitch environment is that a lot of firms do end up sounding the same. And you're really helping the, to try to see that with that decision maker, how you stand out um, from the rest of the field uh, when it comes to starting to pitch your business, having a defined pitch. Also looking at the market to determine what is the market not offering uh, that you should be offering. You know, that was one of the biggest things when I left the RNC to start uh, America Rising Corporation in 2013 was we also looked at the market uh, when it came to research and we said, well, there was nothing, there was no firm with scale, with institutional knowledge that could invest in new technology and databases uh, to meet. Uh, what ultimately at then we didn't even realize was going to grow into such a huge amount of data available on candidates and on campaigns. Scale was like something that was missing in the market. So if we could go into that marketplace and that industry and build something with scale, with technology, with best in class analysts and so forth, we could change that industry. And I think as you're starting to look at uh, campaigns uh, and moving from the political industry into a larger offering is really looking at the marketplace and saying, what is the marketplace missing? Because network could get you into the room. It might get you a contract or two, but ultimately you want something that differentiates yourself in that marketplace as you do. And I do think kind of related to your previous question too, Eric, one of the biggest differences too between a campaign and a wider offering is Scale is not a bad word when it comes to the public affairs industry. I think when it comes to campaigns, we often think of more bodies as problematic or too much overhead or so forth. Um, not, And then ultimately what happens is you don't end up with enough hands to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish. If you build proper scale and leverage that scale appropriately uh, when it comes to a larger business world, it can be a huge advantage because scale is what ultimately leads to multiple uh, and leads to higher EBITDA down the world. It's You just have to manage more at the end of the day. But I'm a little bit down on the idea that you're going to grow a very vibrant business as a single member LLC uh, in a larger public affairs world. If you want to build something that grows into a brand, that grows into you know a market event, down the road, uh, you have to build scale, you have to offer more services, you have to integrate those services together, you have to have geographical reach at the end of the day, and you always have to be at the forefront. That's why I love Startup Caucus, because you have to be at the forefront of discovering what are the, what are the new technologies and systems that you could leverage into that scale. You know, when I was growing up in politics in the 2000s, scale was just a dirty word. Now, because there's so much to do, there's so much data, there's so much information, I do think that's changing a little bit in the political industry, but it's changed a lot when it comes to corporate offerings. Well, Joe, I think that's a really important distinction, too, between growing a business and sort of extending your career, right? Because a lot of people who get into politics love the fight, love the combat. And so uh, it's sometimes hard for them to step away from that. But if you're going to grow a business and turn it into a repeatable process, you do have to take yourself steadily away from the day-to-day -day combat. 
So Joe, give us some practical tips or strategies for how someone can brand your product and and or service and, and specifically how you're talking about it. So sometimes there's a translation issue going from politics to public affairs. What are some tricks or, or tips that you've discovered over the years? Yeah, so I break it down a couple different ways, a couple different strategies and tips on, on how to do that. One is I always try to put myself into the shoes of the person that I'm talking to. Uh, you know, what is this helping them accomplish? Why are they seeking this out? Uh, a potential service offering. Uh, you know, every conversation I go into, you know, you really have to listen ultimately at the end of the day to the person who you're talking with. Because if you don't, you may end up trying to fit a service offering into a challenge or a problem that's not needed. But if you listen to what the prospective client uh, is talking about, then you can start to put together two or three maybe different service offerings within your firm to create the solution. And that's ultimately, I think, whether it's campaigns or public affairs with large, uh, that's ultimately what we're in the business of is helping to find solutions because no client is going to reach out because things are going dramatically well. They always have a challenge that they're trying to meet. And they've already said to themselves, your firm may have a potential offering that helps me meet that challenge. Now you need to listen to them talk about it so that you can start to fit your service offerings into meeting that challenge and think creatively about how to meet that challenge. I think it's also don't be uh, afraid to experiment with new service offerings. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about what we're doing at Bullpen. You know, we have a whole technology group that's totally designed to help us experiment with how we can leverage technology into new offerings for our clients. That's why I love Startup Caucus, the exact same thing where the companies that may be in Startup Caucus have a design on what challenge they think they're meeting. But with a little tweak here or there, they could be meeting such a larger challenge that maybe could be sold on a product subscription mass standpoint uh, and so forth. So I love that idea of just constantly iterating as well. And that goes back to that point about having flexibility when you go into a conversation and you're talking about your offerings. And then really think about how you integrate into what the client is already doing uh, and the offerings that you want to provide. Uh, and so forth. There's no need to recreate the wheel uh, in a lot of cases. And also to emphasize, you know, I, that you're a part of, you can be great team players um, at the end of the day. You know, I think that's a big difference too between politics and, and public affairs writ large, which is, you know, a lot of these times in a corporate public affairs campaign, there's multiple firms involved and being able to complement each other is really important because a lot of times, and this is something I did want to emphasize too, in the corporate world, you're hired to do issue advocacy at times, you're hired to do you know campaigns in state capitals, DC, international capitals, and so forth. But it all comes back to, for a corporation, the reason why they're doing this is to help the company and help improve the company and help the company's bottom line. It's really important to keep that in mind as well. Well, Joe, I want to highlight something from your answer there, which is uh, advice that I give to entrepreneurs in the political space all the time, which is pattern recognition. People in this industry are always looking for, you know, what is the the challenge that I have and what is my solution for it? And when you can plug into kind of that toolbox of solutions is, is really where you're going to see a lot of success. 
And so to that end, Joe, uh, what's a problem that you see in the public affairs space that you think someone should launch a startup to address? I'm really focused on the nature of content and how content is changing and how it's becoming bigger every day. And that's just requiring more systems at scale to meet that challenge. And I'm a really system-focused person at the end of the day. Uh, And I think what's going to happen down the road is instead of building what we've often talked about, which is a traditional public affairs company, right, that can has a comms team, you know, digital offering, a little bit of everything and portraying that as providing a system to your clients. I think ultimately what's going to happen is clients are going to come into a strategic advisory firm or a public affairs firm like Bullpen and say, can you help us? by leveraging the services that you provide, but also by finding partners to build a larger mass system for us where we're bringing best in class from all those different firms together to provide and build one seamless integrated system that can talk to multiple stakeholders at the exact same time. And that concept doesn't really exist in the political industry world where you're building a system, but you know it's managed by a campaign manager uh, and so forth, or a GC uh, or whatnot, um, and you're bringing in firms to, to accomplish certain aspects of that campaign. I think when it comes to the corporate world, it's more, I want to ensure that the digital strategy and the digital tactics that we're employing are matching the communications and the narratives that we're trying to sell while matching what the lobbying campaign is pushing every single day while matching the grassroots activity that we have ongoing in the field and ensuring all that is integrated uh, and working together. And as I also think about technology startups and so forth, you know, one of the things, one of the biggest challenges that we're facing right now is there's just so much content available. Being able to process that fast, put some AI behind it to do analysis on it, and then spit out perspectives, outcomes, insights that two eyes and two hands can't see or can't piece together, I think is going to become really, really important. This drives me every day. You know, the idea that when we did the McCain campaign in 2008, we were trying to really find, you know, a lot of video, for example, on Barack Obama. That was even like, as I think back to that point, it felt almost like we were still trying to find VHS tapes that might be in someone's basement. Fast forward to 2012 when I was the research director at the RNC, and all of a sudden the C-SPAN video library was online. And we were able to see video that we hadn't even been able to see in 2008 from old Obama events from when he was like a state senator or a U.S. senator back in Illinois. What happened over those four years is now happening week by week, month by month with different data sets. Everything that used to be a hard document, someone is really looking at today and saying, how do I build a database on this? And how does that database turn it into uh, something that's processable? So for example, uh, you know, we're, we're highly involved in uh, Pundit Analytics, which is a platform that is taking in all this digital content that campaigns produce every single day and just making it searchable uh, and making it processable and finding perspectives and insights from it every single day. So if I was a corporation and I said to myself, well, who's talking about me in their fundraising emails? 
six months ago, there was no way to do that. There was no way to find out. Now through a platform like Pundit, you can see that. And you can see if a Marjorie Taylor Greene or an Adam Schiff sent out a fundraising appeal that mentioned your corporation uh, and whatnot. So using technology to see what we couldn't see from data that has already existed, always existed, I think is something that demands a lot of uh, time investing and startup energy. Well, Joe, I want to say thank you so much for making the time today and for the, the many great insights. Listeners can visit the Bullpen Strategy Group website from the show notes, and you can also follow Joe at Pounderfile on Twitter. Please remember to subscribe to the Business of Politics show so you never miss an episode, and we'll see you next time. 